In this special episode of This is the Author, Library Love Edition, hear these authors and familiar voices share why the library holds such a special place in their hearts. Enjoy. Hi, this is A.S. King. I've been involved with libraries in so many different ways since my career started, and I've met so many influential, lovely, smart, savvy librarians, but I'm not going to talk about any of those. I'm going to go back to my elementary school librarian, and whether she remembers this or not, I don't know. But when I first got into elementary school, the first things I would really be looking for in the library were books about travel, like nonfiction, but specific places like Morocco, or I was obsessed with England. But I was also reading Where the Wild Things Are, and I kept renewing it over and over and over again, until finally she had to kind of say to me, hey, you kind of have to leave that in the library so that other kids can read it. And I thought, okay, cool. So I left it there. But I have this memory of me asking her, you know, does Max really get in the boat and go, you know, in and out of weeks to the land of the wild things? And she turned to me and she said, well, what do you think, Amy? And so for me, that question is the beginning of a writing career. Someone cared what a child thought. Someone wanted the child to think and wanted me to interpret fiction the exact way fiction should be interpreted. So shout out to Ms. Moan, who was my elementary school librarian. She's also now my Facebook friend. It's kind of freaky. But she influenced me a lot, that tiny little library in that school. She was epic. Hi, this is Kathy Geiswhite. My favorite thing about my local library is my memory of going there with my daughter when she was little and sitting there, discovering books with her there, getting to share the wonder of books with her really like happened at the library. Deborah Fallows. When I was a kid, I used to go to the library many summer mornings with one of my best friends. We would walk to the library from our houses, across the bridge over the river, through the town, and end up in front of this big pink granite building. It was huge. It was a little bit scary, but it was also cool. It was a very old-fashioned library. No decor, no children's section, just a center hallway with stacks of books. So we'd walk straight ahead, turn right at about the second or third stack, which was where all the kids' books were. We discovered this shelf of books. They were all bound in orange covers. Everyone looked identical which I guess now was an indication of how often they'd been read. They'd been rebound. And my friend and I would pick out those books, sit down between those stacks for hours on the floor reading these orange books. We always chose books about women heroes, Amelia Earhart, Molly Pitcher, Clara Barton. One of the things that was funny about why that impressed me so much was I felt like I was going into this grown-up institution, doing a grown-up thing all by ourselves as kids. There weren't many moments in life where you were allowed to kind of play grown-up, and in the library was one of them. Hi, I'm Jill Schlesinger, author of The Dumb Things Smart People Do With Their Money. I love libraries. I loved my library growing up at the Heathcote Elementary School, and it was a teeny tiny little library. And now, today, in this world, my heart goes pitter-patter when I see patience, and fortitude outside of the New York City Public Library. Hi, I'm Stephen Johnson. 
One of my favorite library memories, I have such a vivid memory of this. There's a story in How We Got to Now about Jon Snow and the cholera outbreak in 1854. And that story is based on a full book that I wrote about that story called The Ghost Map. And one of the things that I was trying to establish in writing that book was that there were these two figures, Jon Snow and this other guy named the Reverend Henry Whitehead. And I really wanted these two guys to become good friends at the end. They were kind of antagonists. And I believed that it was possible that they had become good friends and that that would be a beautiful ending to this story. But I had no evidence of it. (laughs) And I was writing history, and so I couldn't just make it up. And I actually had a couple of sections where I tried drafting lines like, one could imagine these two men becoming best of friends, you know, even though I had no evidence. And near the end of the research for that process, I was in the New York Public Library in in New York, in Manhattan, and I found Whitehead's autobiography, which was incredibly obscure. It's not available in most libraries. And I'm sitting there in the main reading room, and I get to this ending of Whitehead's book, and he talks about how after their adventures in 1854, he kept a portrait of Jon Snow in his library for the next 40 years to remind him of their incredibly important days together on the streets of London. And I literally like started to cry in the library because I was like, they were friends. I've got my ending of my book. And everybody else in the library is like, why is that guy weeping silently into his book? <laughs> Hi, this is Pamela Druckerman, and I'm the author of There Are No Grownups. A library that has influenced my life has definitely been the American Library in Paris. It's the largest English-language library outside the United States, or maybe in Europe. I'm not sure which one. But it's been just really fundamental to my experience in Paris because it's a place that has all the books and all the Americans, and they have great speakers in English. And as an American living abroad, it's a place that's kind of like home and that I'm very attached to. And it's right next to the Eiffel Tower. Hi, this is Eliza Kennedy. I actually wrote most of my first novel sitting in a library in Rhinebeck, New York. I was dropping my son off at preschool, and then I had from 9 to 3 to write every day. And I loved it in there because I was surrounded by books. I was a struggling author who didn't really believe in her ability to be an author yet. And somehow... The atmosphere and the space itself made me feel like, even if this book didn't really work out, I was doing the right thing by trying. Hi, I'm Heather Turgeon. Library memories, it's funny, but I guess I'm going to have to go with a really recent one or current one because my daughter and I are right now in like such a beautiful little library routine that I'm loving, which is that my son has basketball practice twice a week. He's really into basketball. So we drop him off and we go to the public library twice a week. And she is in kindergarten, so she's learned to read this year. And it's so much fun to get her a little library card to support her trying to search for her things that she wants on the computer to go and find them together to come out with like 10 library books and then read them before bed it's just a cool and sweet little ritual that we've gotten into and i'm loving it hi this is alexia vernon I grew up with a lot of privilege, so I have to be honest, my parents didn't take me to a library a lot. They constantly took me to my local bookstores to buy books. But by the time I got to middle school, I was dancing ballet, and my mom by this point had a full-time job again after my parents divorced. 
And my school librarian would drive me almost 45 minutes every day to my ballet lesson because she lived right by where my dance studio was. And I remember it was the first person in my educational background who I felt like I had a real peer-to-peer relationship with. We would talk about books, of course, but she was the first grown-up in an academic environment who would ask me questions about the world and really listened in a deep way. So I will always hold a very warm place in my heart for Mrs. Borth. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com backslash next listen.